I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And as always, we got a lot of ground to cover on the fastest 60 minutes of radio. As we try to help you slow things down just a little bit, help you divide the rage from the reason, elevate the conversation, connect the dots, and help you make the news make sense today. And, of course, we always want you to help us with that. And you can do that on our Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line at 57500. Weigh in. What are you thinking about? Uh, What do you know today? And it is Pearl Harbor Day. That will be a uh, broad theme for us as we go throughout the day. We uh, cannot say enough to that greatest generation uh, and there are fewer and fewer of them uh, to celebrate with, uh, which makes it all the more important uh, that remembering is so critical and uh, want to make sure that we do that properly. Uh, we will be joined uh, later on today by uh, Terry Scow, who uh, I think is one of those guys who's done more for veterans, uh, particularly in the state of Utah, than uh, anybody in history. He's an extraordinary soul, and we look forward to having a great conversation with Terry Scow coming up at 1135 today. And uh, let's start, though, uh, in our nation's capital. Uh, we are looking at uh, some possibilities, maybe even a Christmas miracle when it comes to the uh, pandemic relief package. Uh, I just did not see this coming about. It will be interesting to see what happens as members of Congress return to Washington, D.C. today with a little bit of hope that they actually could get a package done and a package that uh, President Trump has indicated he is likely to sign This bipartisan bill that has been cobbled together, again, bipartisan, bicameral, very important. The president has said he's only interested in uh, looking at something that uh, can be passed and done and that it has to be bipartisan. And so over the weekend, Bill Cassidy, who's a part of this bipartisan, bicameral group, uh, also including uh, Utah junior Senator Mitt Romney involved in that, uh, but uh, Senator Bill Cassidy from Louisiana took to the airwaves over the weekend to just frame what the opportunity is for this $908 billion package. President Trump has indicated that he would sign a $908 billion package. There's only one $908 billion package out there. That's ours. Leader McConnell has said he's not interested in making a point. He wants something which passes into law. It only can pass into law if it's bipartisan in the House and the Senate and ours is. Now, neither have said, oh, we'll sign your bill. That's fair. We have final language. Our final language, Chris, will probably come out early this week, earlier this week. Uh, And so then people can look at it and we can modify it as needed. But the indications I get, the pain of the American people is driving this. And I'm optimistic that both those leaders will come on board. So, again, that's uh, from the Senate. That's Bill Cassidy from Louisiana talking about the bicameral, bipartisan bill uh, that will be amended and and tweaked a little bit, it sounds like, as they get into the day today. And will likely that new language language will be uh, released uh, probably tomorrow, I'm guessing. 
And as uh, Bill Cassidy indicated, uh, this is something that both Leader McConnell and the president could get on board with. He didn't say they would get on board. We know that Leader McConnell only takes votes when he has the votes. And so that's an important thing. Now, this is the only one that would have a chance there. President uh, has indicated he would sign something around that space. Uh, let's go to Chuck uh, Chuck Schumer, uh, the minority leader in the Senate, uh, who also kind of put some framing around it uh, rolling into the week. So many millions have been thrown out of work through no fault of their own. They've been living not, not luxuriously and on less salary than they usually get through the pandemic unemployment insurance program we passed. But on December 26th, it will all go away unless Congress acts quickly. So again, that's the minority leader, Chuck Schumer, in the Senate. Uh, it will be interesting to see if Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell can uh, keep their slugfest at bay while some real negotiations take place and hopefully some real debate and real amendments on the floor of the Senate and then over to the House and then hopefully to the president's desk to get some relief there before the holidays. Also keep in mind, though, that the uh, Congress has got to deal with spending before they get to the 11th. And that uh, clock is ticking away or the uh, government will shut down. Uh, funds will run out there. Uh, that one I don't think there's a lot of drama to. There'll be a lot of fake fights and false choices uh, over the next 72 hours on that one. And then late in the night, they will pass a continuing resolution, which will allow Congress to continue spending at the current levels. I just love that. Um, and I'm not quite sure why the rest of us don't get that ability to just keep spending, uh, regardless of how much money we have left over. Uh, so that's an important one. We'll continue to watch all of those as we roll through the week this week. Uh, I think those things are going to get resolved and uh, Congress will then take off and head home for the holidays from there. And uh, looking at the uh, the holidays, also very interesting this morning uh, that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints announced uh, that four of the Latter-day Saint temples uh, will enter the next stage of reopening. You'll remember that uh, it's been nine months uh, since the pandemic uh, prompted a temporary uh, suspension of all the work that goes on in the 168 temples around the world operated by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And so on Monday, they uh, announced that several temples will begin to uh, reopen uh, in Tonga, in Australia, in uh, Samoa, and in Taiwan. Uh, but there were also some some very encouraging words in terms of what that might mean. And, I, and the reason I think this is so important for everyone to think through is one that from the beginning the church has been very proactive in terms of what they've done, whether it was closing temples, whether it was altering their weekly worship service to uh, not uh, have so many people there, and then moving to online and the use of technology, the bringing home of missionaries from around the world. Uh, And so this is part of another phase, another season. Uh, And the uh, leaders of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints seem to be sending a message to their members that this kind of change is going to keep with us for a while as we work our way through the pandemic and that there are things that each individual can do and that the church can do collectively to ensure that that essential freedom, uh, that freedom to worship uh, may, is maintained uh, and that that extended, uh, that it extends uh, into the, the years to come. Uh, so I want to share with you uh, part of the message that rolled out today. Uh, Elder Dale G. Renland, the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles of the Church, uh, talked about the phased reopening and what that actually means in terms of uh, the the members. Today, today, I speak to you not as a former physician. I speak to you as an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. COVID-19 is serious. Its consequences are not yet fully understood. 
The church has taken the pandemic seriously from the beginning. We closed all temples. Now we're opening them cautiously in phases to minimize the risk to temple ordinance workers, patrons, and communities. We will carefully expand temple operations based on criteria that indicate that it's safe to do so. We should not anticipate that these phases of temple worship will be short-lived. We should follow the counsel given to saints heading into a temporary situation. The Lord said, And I consecrate unto them this land for a little season, until I, the Lord, shall provide for them otherwise, and command them to go hence. And the hour and the day is not given unto them. Wherefore, let them act upon this land as for years, and this shall return unto them for their good. If you act on these phases of temple worship as for years, not delaying, but doing all you can to accomplish your temple worship now, it will turn to your good. I so testify in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, again, that's uh, Elder Del G. Renland uh, in a video that was released this morning as part of an announcement from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints regarding the uh, reopening of some of their temples and the phases that will go on. The one thing that I, I loved about that message uh, was this idea of entering temporary situations. Uh, and ta- he talked about the fact that uh, the pandemic is one of those things where it's it's going to be temporary. But then he gave that great line of we need to act as if we're going to be in this situation for years. In other words, we shouldn't delay what we're doing. We shouldn't kind of hedge our bets a little bit. We shouldn't try to take the shortcuts or we shouldn't exhale too soon and say, oh, everything's great. Everything's good. Let's uh, let's go back to, to normal or the way things used to be. Uh, that's not what he's saying. Uh, what he's saying is we, we need to act as if for years. So we need to act like we're going to do this. We're committed to this for the long haul. And then the seasons will change and things will adjust and being adaptable and flexible uh, is part of all of that. And there's uh, there's great strength in that. And that's going to be a fascinating thing to continue to watch uh, as the uh, church continues to really lead out in, in interesting ways as it relates to the pandemic. Uh, everything, as we mentioned before, from the uh, initial uh, stopping the, uh, the work uh, in terms of temples uh, and then the reopening as they've done that in phases according to situations on the ground and best practices and, and what's happening. And so I think that will, uh, that will continue and we'll continue to track it here on KSL News Radio. We're going to go ahead and step aside. When we come back, if you are feeling a little anxious and a little stressed about where we are as it relates to the pandemic, just remember that it was on this day back in 1941 that Pearl Harbor was struck. And it was Eleanor Roosevelt who settled the nerves of the nation. Find out how and why next. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.